Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Happy Father's Day to everybody. We're in a series, last part of it, God Likes. And we've taken that from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, where it says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation, end up in a place where God liked it. End of that chapter. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. None of them received all that God had promised, for God had something better in mind for us so that we would not reach perfect, they would not reach perfection without us. So today what we're going to look at is men. God designed and God approved. Proverbs chapter 5 verse 21. The Lord sees clearly what a man does, examining every path he takes. So what we're going to look at today is what are the character traits that a man should have in order for God to like and to earn the reputation that is good in this life. So let's look at some things. First of all, God designed men to live with character, to live with character. You see, what matters most is your character in life. That's what you're known for. That's what goes before you, precedes you. It's about who you are. So let's look at that character that you and I should have as men. First of all, it's about being Christ-like. The model for every man is to be like Jesus Christ. The greatest thing a man can give anyone is to have a life that is like Christ. 1 Timothy 2.8, in every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands, lifted up to God, free from anger, controversy. I want you to be Christ-like. I want you to be holy. I want you to be a man of God. I want you to be a man that has a reputation and a character that is holy and Christ-like in everything that you do. You don't model your life after someone else. You could have had a great dad. You want to model your life after them. You could have, you know, have this person at work that you really admire and you model that, that, that. But no, we are to model our lives after Christ. How did He live? How did He operate? How did He treat people? What were His standards? That's how we should live. It's about being Christ-like. That's what character is about. Secondly, it's about consistency. Well, you know, I'm good most of the time. I'm good some of the time. I'm good once in a while. You know, I, I don't know. But you see, if you're going to be that man that is, has a character, that character is who you are all the time. It's not just in your good moments. It's not just your bad moments. It's who you are day after day after day after day. It's called integrity. You're the same here, at work, at home. No matter where you go, your life is lived consistently right, representing Christ. That's the character that you have. Paul writes to Titus. He says, look, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Boy, those are some good character traits, aren't they? 
Those are some things that you and I should look for and look to be a part of, worthy of respect. Hey, you respect me because I'm, I'm this, I'm this. You can give me respect. Worthy of respect. Live a life that is worthy of respect. Live wisely. Make good decisions. Make godly decisions. Be filled with love and patience and great faith. Verse 6, in the same way, encourage the younger men to live wisely. So it's coming to that place where you understand that you are an example, that you have people watching you. Well, my kids are all grown now. Your kids are still watching you. You have to come to that place where you're willing to be the same at church, at home, on your job, with your spouse, with your children, wherever you go, someone can watch you, see the character that you are living by, being a person that is godly, holy, and consistently does that day after day after day. That's the character God wants. Thirdly, under this character thing, it's about courage. You see, you and I live in a day and time where if you're going to be a godly man, you better be pretty strong about it because it's not something that's looked up to. It's not someone that, oh, yeah, well, you know, yeah, you, that's good for you. They're made fun of if you're godly. You make good decisions, godly decisions. People don't respect you for that. And so you're going to have the courage to say, look, no matter what the culture I live in says, no matter what the society says, no matter what people that I might run into say, I am going to live a life that is godly and Christ-like, and no matter what happens and no matter what takes place, I'm going to obey God. God. Psalm chapter 31, verse 23, love the Lord, all you godly ones, for the Lord protects those who are loyal to Him, but He has harshly punishes the arrogant. So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. So I do this time after time. Now, you see, sometimes making godly decisions isn't the easy decisions to make. Sometimes making godly decisions are the painful decisions. Well, I'll make this decision if it'll play out for me, if everything will be right, if everything will go good, then I'll do this. No, the godly decision says, look, this is hard. This is even going to cost me. You know, I'm going to try to make something right that somebody made wrong. It's going to cost me out of my pocket. It's going to cost me time. It's going to cost me finances. It's going to cost me in multiple of ways, but it's the right thing to do. And I'm going to do this no matter what, because it's what Christ would do. It's how I operate. It's who I am. And I will do this no matter what. And so you come to that place where you're willing to take this stand that says, you know what, today in this society, in this culture that you, I live in, I am going to be a man of character. And that means, let me define it for you, character means I'm going to live my life in the way that Christ would live His life. 
He's going to be my example. He's going to be my model. And I'm going to go after him to do what he wants me to do. And I am going to do this day after day after day to put it into place in my life so that no matter when someone comes across me or when someone sees me, I will be setting a good example for them. And I will do this no matter what, no matter how hard it is. That's the way men live. That's the way a godly man lives. That's the way a man that Christ likes lives. Secondly, God designed men to connect with others. To connect with others. Men, God created you to connect with Him. That's why God made Adam. He said, Adam, I want a relationship with you. I want you and I to be connected. I want you and I to have a relationship. But then one day God looked and saw Adam and, and he said, you know what? It's not good for a man to be alone. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for a man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Now, this is not a statement that says a man has to be married. This is a statement that says men need to connect with others because we men sometimes are loners. We go off on our own. Now, sometimes we're off on our own because nobody can get along with us. Sometimes we're off on our own because we're doing our own thing. Sometimes we're off on our own because we have an attitude that says, I don't need anybody. And you know what? That may be true, but God says it's not good. And so it comes to that place where you realize that as a man, yeah, I have a part of me that tends to want to go off by myself and for everybody to leave me alone, and I'm good with that. But God says, that's not good. You've got something to give to other people. Other people need what you have as you live for God. You don't pull away from others. Because you see, now, please hear me. Men were made to lead. And you can't lead by yourself. You were made as a man to lead. To lead in a marriage. To lead in a family. To lead spiritually. You were called to be a leader. Now, I just finished the point of character. If you want people to follow you, you have to be a man of character. Because if you're not a man of character, people won't trust you, will they? And so as a leader, God says, look, I don't want you to be alone. I want you to enter into relationship. I want you to lead in that relationship I want you to set the example for others that others can follow you, and I don't want you to go off somewhere off by yourself all the time so you can just be alone and so that you don't have to take responsibility. And God said, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for you to go through life to not be accountable to some other people. It's not good for you to live a life where you're not influencing other people. Because if anything is needed today, it's a man who will stand up and influence others for Christ. 
And so we come to that place where God creates us and says, I want you to connect with other people. I want you to be in those relationships because you have something to give. You have something to offer. You're going to be a godly man, a man of character, a holy man, a man who is consistent, a man who sets an example, a good example. And I want you then to share that example with other people. And so I don't want you going off by yourself saying you don't need anybody, thinking that you can just handle it all on your own. I don't want you to go off somewhere and not do what you're supposed to do because you're not getting your way and all you're doing is pouting because you don't think anybody understands you and won't do what you want. You don't get influenced through power. You get influenced through a life. And when you live the life that's godly, God gives you influence to be able to direct other people. Integrity gives you influence. And it's not good for you to take your life away. And a lot of men don't want to lead simply because they don't want to live the character that God wants them to live. It's hard. It takes courage, right? And so we have those things playing together to understand. God says, look, here's how I designed you. I designed you, to, you and I to have a relationship together, and I want you to reflect me. And when Adam ate of that tree, along with Eve, it damaged something within both of them. God says, look, I still made you, Adam, to have this relationship and to do this, but you're going to have to live a life that's right before me. And so, men, you're called to live a life that has the character of Christ that connects with others so that you can have an influence in the lives around you to help them be better people and better Christians. Got it? All right. God designed men to show compassion. Ah, men don't cry. <laughs> well, that's a shame. Because you and I, as men, are to be compassionate. Compassion means that you feel with others. Compassion means you have feelings. Now, men sometimes do everything they can to shut it down. It's a sign of weakness. No, it's a sign of caring. It's a sign of compassion. There's this great story that Jesus tells that you're familiar with, the prodigal son. And the son has went out, wasted all everything the father had given to him, just blown it all, uh, you know, and suddenly now he has nothing. And so he comes to this place of reckoning. And the Bible says he came to his senses, which is a great line. And he says, you know what? Here, I, I got to do something. I can't stay like this. I know what I can do. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Men, I don't know what your kids have done to you or anybody else has done to you, but I sure hope you're living a life that when somebody else comes to a place of desperation, they know they can come to you. See, the bad thing about this story would have been, well, I can't go back home. My dad would never accept me. My dad wouldn't let me do this. Look what I've done. He'll never speak to me again. 
how horrible would that story be? And yet there are relationships that are so fractured because a man won't swallow his pride and won't forgive and won't live a life of compassion so that someone else can know I can go back home and dad will be there. I'm no longer worthy. He said, I'll go back home. So he returned home to his father, and he was still a long way off. His father saw him coming. Hey, dad was looking for him. Dad was waiting for him. Filled with anger and resentment, he goes to drag the boy home and teach him a lesson that he hopes he'll never forget. Now, Filled with what? Love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Wow. That's a great man. That's a great father. (laughs) Stubbornness, men, is not a positive quality. Demanding that your way is right and being stubborn in it is not healthy. And too many men tend not to show caring qualities. Strength is not having no feelings. Men don't tend to do emotions well, but men should show concern for others. And this man, when his son came, no, hey, I want to make you pay. No, he didn't even wait for the boy to apologize. The boy had come back saying, look, I'm going to do this and I'm going to say this and this. And before he could get those words out of his mouth, dad was already hugging him. Good to see you. Glad you're back. I love you. That's a godly man. Now, just so we're clear, sometimes men are good to show compassion a little differently than women. What's the father's next move? Kill the calf, get the barbecue going, let's have a party. Right? Now, if mama had greeted the man, the son coming in, oh, son, glad you're home. Why don't you come in, let's go sit at the table and have some tea and let's talk about it. world of difference, right? But dad showed compassion by, look, my boy's home. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. See, women tend to show compassion by empathy and emotionally relating. Men show compassion by serving and doing. And so, you know, he throws a party. The boy comes home. The father throws open his arms. That's a good dad. The boy knew he was wrong. The boy had already paid for what he had done. It's over with. Let's move on. And so men, you've got to be a man of character. You've got to stand up and stand strong in the midst of difficult times. And you've got to be consistent in how you live. And you need to live in such a way 
that you understand you are made to connect with others and to lead and to set an example. That's the leadership, the example. Put those two words right next to each other. You set the example. You don't lead by strong arming and being a boss and tyrant. You lead by example. And you show compassion to people. Because the great thing about Jesus, about God, is that He always shows us compassion, doesn't He? That you and I don't get what we deserve. He gives us mercy. He gives us grace. And so in the midst of it all, that's godliness. To being able to swallow pride and to say, welcome home. Glad you're here. Let's go on. God designed men to honor their commitments, to honor their commencement. If you're going to be the leader, if you're going to be a man of character, you've got to keep your word. You've got to be true to what's right to do, not moved by the moment. Well, I was going to do it, but now they got too hard, so now I'm not going to. Or I didn't do it, it didn't work out like I want, so I'm back out of it. You're called to keep your commitments. Nowhere is this more demonstrated than in marriage. Husbands, this means love your wife. Well, how do I do that? Glad you asked. He's going to tell us. Just as Christ loved the church, He gave up His life for her. See, you and I as godly men don't live for ourselves. We live for others. We are willing to lay down our lives so that others can have life. Make her holy, clean, washed by the cleansing of God's Word. He did this to present her to Himself as a glorious church without a spot, or wrinkle, any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy without fault in the same way. Husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. That's a strong statement, isn't it? And again, the definition of love is given to us in Corinthians, isn't it? And so that love is there. That's what a godly man does. You honor your commitment. You love someone. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it just as Christ did for the church and as we are members of his body. And as the Scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother, is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. And this is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. And so again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So you come to that place where you understand that I am willing to lay down my life for someone else because that's what love is. Love is this choice. You don't always feel like loving, but you choose to do so. That's character. That's doing the thing that is right to do. The essence of love is giving. The essence of love is being caring for another person more than you care for you. It's not about you. It's about them. What can you do to help them? What can you do to take care of them? And so a man has to come to that place where in a marriage he says, I'm committed to this relationship and I'm going to stick with it no matter what. 
I'm going to do it in this job, and as long as I'm employed here, I'm going to live this life, and I'm going to honor the people in charge, and I'm going to give them a good day's work no matter what. It'll be hard, it'll be difficult, but it's always the right thing to do. You love God, you love your wife, you love your kids, no matter how difficult it gets. Because sometimes what men are guilty of, when it gets hard, they run. And running in times of difficulty is not beneficial for anyone involved. You stay true to it. And so you come to that place where you live a life that honors the commitments that you make. You stay true to your word. That's the character that you have. You set that example for the people around you. And you consistently live in that manner that honors God and honors others, showing compassion and concern for everyone involved. Final point. God designed men to live with conviction. This is what I believe. This is how I live. Now, you will live according to your convictions. Your convictions are simply what you really believe strongly in. And right now, for every man in the building, for every man watching online, you are living according to your convictions. If you think this is important, that's what you live for. If you think this is the way it is, that's what you do. And the secret of life is having the right convictions. Convictions are something you're willing to die for. Or let me make it even harder. Convictions are something you're willing to live for. And you have to have the right convictions. Godliness. We looked at a man called Abraham a few weeks ago, but notice what it said in Romans chapter 4, verse 20. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promises. In fact, his faith grew stronger and in this he brought glory to God. All that he went through, all the testings, all the issues, all the uncertainty and everything, he never wavered in believing God and who he was and what he said. He stayed with it. And because of that, his faith grew. And because of that, he brought glory to God. The greatest thing, men, you will ever do with your life is live a life that gives glory to God. He was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promised. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. That's the life a man should want to live. That's the life God designed us to live. That's the life that God approves of. And when we live our life according to the way God designed us, then God approves of us. We earn a great reputation, and He likes it. And we'd like it as well. So men, today I just ask you a very simple little question here. How's your life being lived according to the way God designed you? following the principles that we've laid out here this morning? Is that a part of your life or is there an area you need to address and change?
Ladies, you've listened, but it's still the same for you as well. God wants our lives to be lived so that he gets glory in it. And are we living our lives in that way? Maybe you're listening or you're here this morning and your life isn't being lived for God and you're just kind of living your own life and you're setting all the rules and doing everything you want to do and down inside you know that's not working very well. And you need to take a new step today. And you need to give your life to Christ. And you need to start living as He designed you to live. Not as you choose. Not as you want. Let's pray. Lord, today, Father's Day. And as already has been mentioned, you're a great Father. And you designed us to be like you. Lord, if we'll be the Father that we're supposed to be, it will help those around us to be influenced and to be able to accept God as a Father. So Lord, today would you help men and women to live a life that honors God and that would be lived in a way that God designed and what God wants. Because we live for you. And only when we live in the way that you designed us will life take on purpose. Will it take on meaning? Will it bring joy? So would you help us today to live that kind of life in this world now? In areas that right now your Holy Spirit is dealing with certain individuals and people about different ones, different things, would you give them the strength to be able to do what needs to be done and the will to do it? Would you make clear to them and would you help them and let them know that you care for them and that you want to help? Thank you today for being a great father to us and for the life that you created for us to live. Help us to live it well, I pray. In thy name, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.